So I'm Lee. I'm Tammy. In this episode, we talk about the job that's the right fit for you. But I really love what you're doing. And I think, you know, um, that you'll be really successful with it. And I think that it's very, uh, it's a niche that is not filled. Like there's not a lot of people that really care and want to help employees understand their rights and what they should be looking at it like. Like it is a mutual relationship, you know. Um, corporate structures take advantage of people's desperation to just have a paycheck to pay the bills and that you have to get people out of that mind frame and and make them know that you know you need to interview them as much as they're interviewing you and decide whether it's a right fit for you I mean I've gone to interviews and I've even gone and met with clients and I left and I'm like no way (laughs) you know I've been in jobs where, you know, I did need that paycheck. I was afraid to leave. I was overworked. And you just have to deal with, you have to deal with all the toxicity because you know you cannot survive without that paycheck. You need to start thinking of that plan B. You need to start thinking of that escape plan. And that's really also, like I have someone who's asking me to make a video about someone who's transitioning fields who can't, who doesn't have the time or capacity capacity for financially to go back to school so how where could they go and so i'm going to do some back-end research because i really want to give them the resources needed because there needs to be able to be an escape plan like there needs to be hope that you're not stuck in this toxic work environment for the paycheck there and there's a lot of there's a lot of shifts right now like especially because of covid Mm -hmm. and how people treated people in the workforce the younger generations aren't taking crap anymore like they're valuing their families they're valuing how they're being treated and how they're being supported and there's so many people saying i think um, this generation's lazy and doesn't want to work no i think it's they want people they want to work for people who will take care of them and support them too like they're just about passionate about their personal lives as much as their work sometimes no i agree and that's what you know the shift um, with COVID and just knowing that we have the technology to work from home. But, you know, we did that and we shifted into that. But it's always like now the corporate people are saying you can't trust everybody to work from home. So we need to utilize technology to monitor everything that they're doing to be sure that we're actually getting our money out of them. And we don't trust them to just actually work from home. And, you know, so I think that's a struggle. So a lot of corporate has gone back to, um, you know, no, you need to be in the office because they don't trust you to work at home. And the companies that are shifting to work at home, like I feel, you know, a, a shift that's happened for me that I, I think I've always done this a lot. But again, I'd rather help people have their own business than have them be my employee. So my shifting and thinking now with building a new management company is I would rather empower people that I hire as a contract basis to build their own business and for us to make money together because I have the experience, I have the system, I have the accounting knowledge that they don't have to be able to be in their own business. We can plug our skills in together and they could build their own business and work from home, but also establish it themselves. A a thing that happens with like community managers inside of the management companies is They'll get a board member that 
is an alcoholic or just as a nasty person to deal with, or, you know, they'll have just situations that are not confronted properly. So the managers deal with a lot of being treated really badly as an employee, and they don't have any control over that because they can't fire the client. And even myself as a manager, that happened to me um, where I had an alcoholic president that was just a male chauvinist, and he was very ugly and mean to me. And I felt like the company should have fired him as a client based on his behavior. Would they just gave him another person to manage him? You know what I mean? Like, because they didn't want to lose that contract and lose that money. And as a business owner now, I kind of accept and see where that may be a place. But when they did that, I told him, I said, you better give him a man because in my experience, he has no respect for women. So if you're going to keep him as a client, maybe the way to shift his behavior is to give him a man. If he still treats a man like that, then you need to fire him, really. you know. But um, so that's my new thinking is like, I'm going to put it out there. Like if you get a license as a community manager in the state of Florida or in any state, there's only like eight states that require it, but then there's a national certification. Um, if you have that, you can be in business for yourself. But a lot of these managers, they don't have the accounting. They don't have the system. They don't have the processes. They don't have what to plug into. So that's what my plan is um, in this near future is I'm going to I, I already thought of this about two months ago. And then actually last week I had a call from a manager who already started her own business. She was already burnt out by the corporate structure and not being able to control what her clients were and actually do the part that she loves and not be stuck with the parts that she doesn't love. Um, and she's got three communities and she just wants to do the management part. And she needs somebody like me to have the system and the accounting. So I'm meeting with her Friday. And we're going to build something together where she can do what she loves. I can do what I love and we can both make money and do it. And that's what I see in the future is the best types of, you know, mentorships and partnerships that benefit both people. And then I'm thinking about all that, planning all that. I know I'm going to do that. And I joined all these Facebook groups of like um, tax preparers and CPAs and EAs, EAs and enrolled agent with the IRS. It's something I should have done a long time ago i just never did because i've always been so busy so i'm going to go ahead and get that designation this year too it's just a um, test i have to study for and take but anyway all these people that have been just now figuring out how to get enrolled with the irs or to get uh, approved to do electronic filing with the irs or what the requirements are there to be doing what i've been doing for 30 years are building businesses out of it by having people under them kind of in the same scenario where they're like, okay, I'm going to, you can have your own business as a tax preparer and we're going to split it 50, 50. I mean, that's how I started in the business 30 years ago, but I never focused on like recruiting people. I just focused on what I could do myself. And I think that recruiting people takes it to the next level, but I don't want to have a whole bunch of employees. I'd rather empower people to have their own business. So I just kind of kicked myself when I was reading in the last few days, these groups and how this one guy says, oh, I signed up seven preparers under me this week. I was like, oh my gosh, I could have hundreds of those. I've been doing this so long. Like also I have the established credentials and a system and everything to plug into to where even if I split the fees 
however it works out to depending on how much they need from me and I need from them, I could be making a lot more money just by helping other people build their own business than trying to build some big business myself. Well, sorry, I know that was long-winded, but I'm just excited to share that because I'm just thinking, I feel like I'm shifting with that mind frame of, you know, and I've always kind of had that mind frame, but now's the time to do it to where you're just helping people grow and build their own thing where they're making money and they're doing what they want to do. They love it. I always heard if you do what you love, the money will follow. Sometimes it takes a while though, you know, maybe even like what you're doing. It's going to take a while to build up to where the money follows, but it'll be worth it in the long run because then you're established and you grow, you know? Like money. Yes. Uh, is nice for stability purposes, all the reasons why you need finances. I know that one of the reasons why I want to go into this too is just because if I can make a difference for all those staff out there that are struggling and uh, and we can stop getting high turnovers at certain companies, especially in the service, like nonprofit and social services world too, like we can make better communities. And if people aren't burnt out, we can have a more supportive community in general. And like, it doesn't have to be social services I'm working with. Like, one of my clients is a game store, to tell you the truth. But really, it's people, like, it affects almost any industry. If you have high burnout, you're not going to be making a lot of progress. You're not going to have a lot of success in your business. Or you're going to have, or you still might, but you could be doing a lot more. If you're growing as a team, there is a lot of value in keeping your staff there and keeping them well supported. So I want to make that difference. I've seen what I've done in a short amount of time in different roles um, and how supportive people felt when, especially in social, social services, that especially in social services where um, your clientele can actually cause trauma to the staff. If it's something they witness or it's some sort of interaction and then how you support your staff that will tell whether or not that that client is that breaking point for them because it shouldn't be. Um, it could be that we need to figure out how to deal with those clients. Maybe that that type of client is not welcome for our services or other resources that we can provide. But we shouldn't be, especially in social services, having so many burnt out people because it's really harming our communities. Well, and you only have to take, you can only take on treatment or counsel or whatever you're providing for them to the capacity you have the right people that can handle that, right? I know uh, several of my friends um, are foster care parents. And um, one of my friends uh, that I know for the last seven years at my church, a lot of ladies had gotten into, you know, doing foster care, but she was actually a social worker. She had 130 kids for a caseload. Like, what can one person do for 130 kids? And she's happened to go to court, happened to make decisions on, you know, reunification with the parents about pulling them out of the houses. And I mean, she's making all these decisions on 130 cases and no one person has the capacity to really do a good job with that. You know, they alone have the capacity to have a very objective, unbiased opinion about what's going on. They're making snap judgments. May need more time, but you don't have the time. And it's really hurting families. It's hurting kids. 
It's hurting birth parents who maybe should have never lost their kids to begin with. It's hurting the whole system. It really is. Um, Have you joined the Chamber of Commerce, your local where you're at? I have not. It's a really good resource for small businesses and new businesses. 30 years ago, back when I first moved to St. Pete and I um, started my tax business there, I joined the Chamber of Commerce there and they had what they call an entrepreneurial academy. It was like $350 for maybe six weeks or 10 weeks. We just went there once a week and it was all these small business people with an idea, but they had like an attorney, an accountant, a patent pending person, like a person that knew how to get patents. So each week they had an expert come and speak to the new businesses um, and just help them along the way, build their business plan, you know, make connections with the people they needed to make connections with. And the Chamber of Commerce everywhere usually has really good networking opportunities like that and also mentoring opportunities like that. So it's really good for a small business. And I was just thinking for you, like, you know, plugging into clients that think like you, like, obviously you say you have a game store, you know, any nonprofit or anywhere that you can connect with like-minded people that really want to support their employees, you know, you could really turn into a resource for those businesses of, the people that are coming to you, you could refer them to those businesses because you can make those connections and go, well, that person's a really great fit for this client that I have, right? Definitely. And I've looked into a little bit, like there's this. I'm just going to look up and see what I see about the Chamber of Commerce. But yeah, I just started going to this networking group and I have a list of 54 people on the directory now and usually about 20 to 30, anywhere from 20 to 30 show up every other week when we meet and we just, we have one person that presents their business. So they just spend 15 minutes of our hour and a half together um, just sharing about what they do. And then the whoever does the presenting provides a simple lunch, you know, like sandwiches and chips or pizza or, you know, just something catered in that's not expensive. And so then, you know, it's like a BNI, it's like a business networking group, but there's no cost to it. We're just coming together and we just try to keep like um, one person in each industry. Um so that I don't have five accountants in there trying to, you know, talk to everybody about their business. So that, that's really all we keep track of is to make sure that we don't have any competitors that are members. Um, and then we've had like two photographers show up, but if they can agree to talk about a different piece of what they do and they agree on it, then they can both be in the group. And so um, that's gone really well so far. I've gotten to meet a lot of people and just last week I did a presentation to show them what I do and I just showed them a few pieces of like my system for the management and a few pieces of what I do as an accountant and I mean it re uh, really a lot of people they don't know what you do unless you give them that little picture of a window into what you do and then when they're out meeting other people, they can think of you and go, oh, I know that person. That's who I need to connect you with. And so now I'm doing that all the time because I've met so many people here that I know what they do. So I'm like, oh, I need you to meet so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> um, 
Right. But I think that would be really good for you too. Even if, like you said, you created it, you know, just plan a time, invite the people that you're talking to, put it out maybe on social media, free networking group, meet here, you know, and, and do it that way to where each person shares their business a little bit. And then you all agree that you'll do your best to like refer each other or use each other's services. And it'll build from there. Yeah, I see the directory. Yeah, see what they have there. Because a lot of times they do have a lot of just different opportunities for you to get in the in the local communities um, eye for what you're doing and meet a lot of other business owners. Um, that could really use your services. And like I went to, I joined a, a membership. It's only $75 a year for, to join this. It's a nonprofit called um, the Society for Human Resource Management. And so it's very focused on training the people in human resource positions. And a lot of them are like even the government employees here in the local government positions. They go to these meetings. And so I go to their meeting every month and it's a luncheon. And I've learned so much from going to their meetings too, just listening to the HR stuff. Yeah, I think that would be really good for you because I'm even thinking of like right now, I went to that Society for Human Resource Management and I started talking to the director and I am looking for people I can collaborate with, you know, and like, Maybe they're building their own business doing HR stuff, but they need an accountant or their client's going to need an accountant. So I want them to know who I am so we can refer each other because I don't want to do HR stuff. I understand it. I need to know it. And as a business owner, I, I need to know it, but I don't want to do what they do and help small businesses with their policies and HR stuff, right? So the director of that nonprofit told me about two ladies. So I connected with those two ladies and then I invited one of them and her business is like HR solution something. And she's been coming to that networking event. Well, now she's making connections with all those small businesses in my networking event because they all need her for HR. <laughs> so right. it's just really worked good to look for those people you can collaborate with. And even if that doesn't work out, you know, you get to know what each other does and you'll make connections with them. And based off of just what I've worked in as well, like I'm looking into potentially the next year or two also getting my own SHRM credentials because then I could look into actually training at a higher level with uh, with those credentials behind me, as well as I can look for um, state, um, like governmental state contracts for trainings and um, put in bids. Or like when I lived in Washington and I was part of early childhood education. Like I could be like, I have education and skills and uh, career like experience be for a qualified trainer for the state for them. I could, I want to look at the equivalent over here because I might still have those qualifications on that aspect because then I can put out trainings that people can just sign up for too. Yeah, that is awesome. I know every time I go to their monthly meetings, I get those cert certificates that I've done the um, classes, but I'm not doing the, you know, certification, but still I, it's so valuable and that would be really good for you to whatever you can do that adds those credentials that are just like experience based stuff that you can do pretty quickly um, will just help people look at you like, oh, she knows what she's doing more and more, mm -hmm. you know? That's why I, there's a, it's a worldwide 
um, community association management designation. And I've known about it for years. I go to the expos and I've met the, you know, I go to their events and everything, but I never really felt like I needed to get, it's a CMCA and, um, and, but it's actually turned into a worldwide designation. So I recently did that. It was like, um, I did classes that cost me like $500 and then it cost me maybe another 500 to do the state tests and all that. But so I added that CMCA to my designations, but um, you know, that tells them that I am serious about what I do. I want to be an expert in what I do. And I've had to go through this training and this testing on a state level um, to show that I know what I'm talking about in this industry. So that always helps. And honestly, here in Pensacola, it's kind of like a, it's still kind of like a small town that's behind in the times. So none of my competition even has that designation that I have. <laughs> like, I'm going to just be a step ahead of them. In the next few episodes of Conversation Spotlight, we have a new guest joining us where we will dive into more topics.